You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Thank you for listening to the Over Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Maradon, here for episode 64. Of course, with me, I got my main man, Brock. What's up, Brock? Hey, howdy. Not much. And uh, today we actually have a special guest. We have Mallory with us from uh, from the Game House. How you doing, Mallory? Hello. I'm doing wonderfully. Thank you for asking. There you go. Um, so in today's episode, uh, we are, uh, gonna have Mallory tell her, tell everybody about herself. Uh, we're gonna go over last week's games. We're gonna go over this week's games. We have, uh, actually a pretty thick with two C's overthoughts. Um, and then, uh, Mr. Brock will take you out. Um, but first, before we get into everything, uh, Mallory is uh has joined us on the cast she actually did some brand new um some brand brand new branding there we go <laughs> some new branding for the podcast that is has been so long overdue it looks great i'm just like you know what let's get mallory on the cast have some fun so thank you for joining us today um thank you for the awesome branding i'm like still hyped over it <laughs> oh no you're so welcome i'm always happy to do stuff like that um definitely Cool. It, it was really fun to do as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had like something in mind. We were bouncing some ideas back and forth, and we're just like, "All right, let's just do this." And then uh, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, go ahead and uh, tell uh, tell our listeners about yourself. Anything you want to share? Yeah. So um, as they said, my name is Mallory. Um, along with both of them, I also do work um, for the Game House. Um, I've been coined as like the Fisher of the Game House because I've now written about maybe, I don't know, four teams, maybe five. Um, but currently I am writing um, about the Toronto Defiant. And I've been with the Game House for about a year and a half now. Um, my year anniversary was around like Christmas time. So it's been a, I've been with the company a very long time, but I love it. I love the Overwatch League. Uh, I love everything about it. And as they also mentioned, I do some graphic design stuff. Um, I did, I do stuff on my own Twitter and I helped them with this new Luke for all of their social medias and stuff. And it was really fun. I like helping friends. So I'm always down to clown. <laughs> And we greatly appreciate it. We've had our, we've had our OL uh, branding since the beginning, and we changed up our name to the Over Nerds slightly after. Um, gosh, that was actually that was before the 2019 season, and I just keep kept forgetting about branding and i'm like we're gonna get some new branding and then it kept slipping my mind i'm like you know what rock we got them trump bucks we're gonna go <laughs> shopping <laughs> we got 
got that free let's money, some, kind of. Let's get some branding going. We got and... that low-key money. Yeah. <laughs> we got our Trump V-Bucks. Oh, goodness. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we greatly appreciate it. We, we're happy that you were able to, to join us today and uh, talk some Overwatch League. Um, and... Uh, We'll talk about it here soon, but uh, your team played your team slash Brock's team, so there should yeah. be some good discussion there uh, with the Defiant and the Uprising playing. But um, with that, let's uh, jump into uh, last week's games. It started on a Thursday. That was a little weird. It was weird, and the schedule ended up being a little wonky uh, due to the Echo Tournament that Blizzard was holding, and they wanted to make sure that the majority of know people could watch uh so they made all the uh east coast slash na games a little bit early so we started off the week on thursday with atlanta versus the justice and atlanta with quote-unquote the backup dps took it to the justice 3-0 uh edison and sharp played for the entirety of the match and they looked very good yeah this Justice team has really fallen the hell off for me. I thought in the beginning of the season they were going to be like this powerhouse. Um, and then they go up against the Atlanta Reign, who is a powerhouse in themselves, and they just destroy them. <laughs> it's, it's sad to watch, and I think a lot of it can be attested to them forcing Corey to play Torbjorn. Just don't do that. He can play so many other things. Mm-hmm. And also, I feel bad because they're missing one half of their longly anticipated tank duo that they signed last year. And I feel like I, I can't say if they'd be as top performing and dominating as everybody thought they would be uh, with, you know, Lulshish with Elevote, but I can probably confidently say that they would probably be looking a little better. <laughs> yeah yeah now, that big oof there with the the whole visa the visa fiasco with world search that really sucks it's it's actually hit a lot of the league now i'm thinking about it uh a lot of i guess not like a lot of the league because i know i only know two occurrences right now lulcich and then askoff who is the uh, one of the assistant coaches for boston mm-hmm. is also currently in visa hell and then obviously covid stuff made everything even worse yeah. but um i'm just thinking like I wonder if the the squad of Corey Stratus, Losich, and Elivote, uh, how much that would actually be uh, different, how, how the team would look that way, rather than kind of Corey, Tuba, Roar, Elivote. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think, I, I really want to say it would be a little better, but I, I don't know, like, do you guys think Tuba is actually, is, is better than Stratus right now? Or do you think it's more of just, they're trying to figure out some way, some new spark to kind of revamp this team. I, I honestly think that Stratus is better than Tuba. I've always said the duo between Corey and Stratus is really scary. I even like said that to Funny Astro the other day. I was like, you know, they're really, you know, it's really scary to see them, even though they play Tuba against them. But just to have like Corey in itself is is always scary to me just because he's super super talented, really good player. 
and then having that goofball Stratus there with him, putting his feet up on the desk. <laughs> like, I don't know. I always felt like Stratus was super strong, and then they just keep playing Tuba, who feel like is pretty good, but I don't know. I like Stratus over Tuba. I think Stratus's setback is something that Reinforce has been saying a lot, which is just proving that he's more than just a May one trick. Um, because he does perform the best when he gets to play May. So it's it's upsetting to watch him sort of falter in other roles. And I, I think they're both talented, but I think you're right. Like when you find a, a duo that has synergy like Corey and Stratus, you really don't want to break that up. Just because even if they're not playing at their best or, you know, playing to the level of their opponent and Washington has it rough. They have a lot of tough people to play now in that um, region that they're in with like Philly and Atlanta and now Florida's coming back and Florida's also very strong. It's still better to play two people who know how to work together than it is to sort of try new stuff that doesn't seem to be sticking as well. Exactly. And that's something that I've at least tried to say with Boston, but last season they decided to swap the, the support line every other week, so we didn't see any good results that way. But uh, more Something else that we oh. saw, too, real quick. Uh, the Atlanta Reign, we saw Kodak play this weekend. We did. I yeah. forgot about that. Yes. I was very happy to see him in. I'm, he got subbed in from a man, Dogman. I love Dogman. What a freaking nut. Um but it was it was exciting to see something new. I don't really feel like he did anything like flashy, but it was just nice to see another player finally get some time. Um, I guess, quote unquote, on stage. Yeah, no, I'm a big Kodak fan. When they kept him on, I was really happy. So it's really mm-hmm. nice to see him sort of get some time to shine, even if, like you said, it wasn't particularly flashy play. I think mm-hmm. he still did good. And that was a hard mm-hmm. game anyway. So yeah. So more importantly. I think changing up comps ends up being probably one of the best things you could do for a team. And what better game to show that than the Gladiators versus the Valiant? And the the Salt Fest that was post-game was <laughs> strangely, I don't know, so out of con- like out of character of the Gladiators uh, that I was actually kind of taken back. The Gladiators won this one 3-2, but the Valiant, I think, ended up winning the mental game with their <laughs> Ash Torbjorn comp. Yeah, that was nutty. <laughs> they they had me in the first half. I'm not going to lie. Here's <laughs> the thing. I used to be a very intensely dedicated Valiant fan. And then they gutted their whole roster, and I was very upset. And yet, every time, somehow, when the Battle of LA happens, I am still that diehard Valiant fan. <laughs> and when they almost won, I was feeling emotions. And I think they performed incredibly well. And I think it speaks volumes. It, it speaks volumes to how much they've improved and how they're pushing back against that stigma that everybody had before the season started of look at all these rookies. This team can't be good. It also speaks to the gladiators, like Brock said, of having, you know, a bad time being mentally boomed and then also unnecessarily petty about the Valiant not playing meta. It's like, did you guys, did none of you play Chengdu last year? Do you not understand <laughs> that teams can do whatever they want? I, I love this Valiant team. For the fact that I was one of those naysayers coming into the season, like, yeah, this team's probably not going to do pretty great. I remember putting them in my preseason rankings at number 19, and here they are looking pretty damn good. 
even though they did lose it but i mean they 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 look pretty uh pretty sharp kind of like what mallory was saying about the justice the valiant so i think the valiant schedule has been uh so what they played the fuel they played the shock or they played the titans then they played the shock twice and they're playing the shock again later yeah and then they play the, the gladiators twice yeah. what a tough division how do you play a top five team five times out of your six games yeah, <laughs> like, and then you expect to like win most of those games. I you really can't, but this Valiant team is incredibly strong. I think McGravy and Lastro are definitely like the two that are uh, really I feel like outperforming. And I, the reason why I say that is because KSP coming into this league, uh, he popped off in World Cup, and as bad as that sounds when you kind of recruit someone from World Cup, KSP is very very good. And it has been obvious since week one that, that he is a hit scan monster. And then putting him on someone like Ash, it, it, it looked rough at the beginning, but he came to very quickly and gave the Gladiators a whole heck of trouble. So this this Valiant team, when they get to play uh, like more middling teams, we're, expect a lot more 3-0s to be in the Valiant favor. Most definitely, yeah. Love McGrady, too. Every time I say his name, I think of McGruber. <laughs> and they kind of play the same. Yeah. <laughs> McGravy. Yeah. Shove a leak in your ass and run, again, run around the battlefield. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving yeah, on. Moving right so, along. The first couple of games have taken a little bit because a, a, these first two ones were kind of wonky. Uh, this next one is no different because the Florida Mayhem surprisingly <laughs> upset the Paris Eternal 3-0. Yeah. And boy, was I, I personally not ready for this one. No. Every time I put my faith in Paris, they lose. So I don't know what to do anymore. That's the story of my life. All year <laughs> last year, I'm like, Paris Eternal are going to be great. Watch. This week, they're going to wake up. They're going to wake up. They're going to wake up. They never did. This year, they're actually doing pretty all right. But yeah, I mean, 3-0 to the mayhem. What the hell happened? <laughs> I think people were probably underestimating the Florida Mayhem. When these teams Mm -hmm. step away for a longer period of time, a lot of naysayers and, you know, fans will come out and be like, oh, well, they've been taking a break. There's no way the Florida Mayhem can play up to the level of the Paris Eternal who have just been absolutely crushing it. And then Mm -hmm. they do that, and then you're like, oh, right. They are a good team, aren't they? (laughs) Hmm. Yeah. They did pick up them good players, didn't they, in the offseason? Jeez. Yeah, they did pick up some runaway players, huh? Hmm. It's all right. It's tough to be on the Paris side with XC having to step away due to injury. So, but even then, Soon and Nico have been playing very well up until this point. Mm-hmm. So it's not even, you know, it's not uh, all doom and gloom for Paris. I feel like this is just one of those games where they just got things wrong or they just kind of played a little differently. You can see this when they lost to Houston a little bit ago, mm-hmm. where they, their team was just like, well, we just didn't like the comp we played, and we lost because we weren't ready for the opponent's comp. And I think that kind of ended up happening here. Mm-hmm. The mayhem chen them. Pretty much. when <laughs> the top <laughs> One of the top plays this week was a nanoed visor on the Florida side. <laughs> that is a sentence you don't get to hear often in 2020. <laughs> well, legs getting some screen time. BQB, man. He, he busted out and he uh, showed people soldier, not dead hero. So Yeah. 
And uh, the last, the last of the uh, <laughs> oh no, the weekday games is one that I was very excited for, and I got even more excited after the map one. And after that, it was uh, classic Boston, Boston oh. versus Toronto, uprising lose three one to the uh, to Mallory's defiant. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's it's all right. I mean the the defiant looked good. They looked way more calm. After the first control map, after the twenty-minute control map that was oh Israel. my god! Sorry, everybody. <laughs> Jeez, couldn't have truly gone any other way though. <laughs> With these two teams, I mean, of course not. No. And even no. though Toronto won, I and I even said this on Twitter because I'm also a Boston fan. I, we cannot ignore how much better Boston looked during that game. Jerry is 100%. an absolute madman, and one day he's going to put all five of them right on his back, and he's going to drag them kicking and screaming into a match win. This is the only correct take from this game. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Overwatch 2020 Overwatch League MVP. Rookie of the year. Oh, man. Rookie of the oh, year. <laughs> I think God. so. Uh, Jerry, I think, is... One of the few kind of like, I, I guess like moments for Boston where they try to moneyball people, right? So they pick up guys like Jerry, and then everyone's like, who is this dude? Especially after last year, why would you just pick up random guys? And then you're like, just kidding, the system works. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, yeah, Jer- Jerry is absolutely uh, on a tear. I think uh, when he's on, he is just a, a truly the Jerry carry. Uh, but this game, I think, also saw a lot more from Color Hex when he was playing Farah. He looks just like astronomically more comfortable on Farah than he does May, and it's not even close. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the moment when they do switch off of the Farah, like uh, in Eichenwald, uh, the moment uh, they swapped for point C, entire momentum stopped. Just not even close. Toronto absolutely full held them. Mm-hmm. But uh, th- not to take away from Toronto because they were looking pretty good. Logic's Tracer. Logic Tracer is a thing. <laughs> I'm so happy Toronto's not playing this weekend during the Tracer ban. <laughs> we can live. Logic's Tracer, yes. I have the utmost faith in Logic's Tracer. I was sad to, to not see Agilities because he's a personal favorite of mine. Um, but, I mean, they're not, we're never going to bench Surefor, so I guess just let Surefor do whatever he wants and just trust that Logics will get the job done. I do also very specifically have to call out um, Nevix and Kellix, who have been doing astronomically well the past two weeks on both of their roles. When Diva was banned, I was horrified that Toronto was going to get absolutely crushed, and they did not. They held their own. Nevix can perform very well on Sigma, he showed, and then he was back on D.Va this week, getting clutch bombs, winning uh, fights in very desperate moments, and, I mean, Kellex, I've always been a Kellex fan as an OG Boston fan, so seeing him thrive on this team and doing really well uh, just fills me up with pride. I'm, I'm so happy that Kellex is being recognized as a good player, because he is a good player. I'm happy that uh, that Logics is getting um, getting uh, playtime in Overwatch League in general. I've always been happy that was really happy when Toronto picked him up because I really enjoyed watching Logics on the Mayhem. So 
being able to see him get on that tracer and pop off on the defiance always really fun to watch that's when we say thank mr defiant yeah <laughs> Papalagus. uh last but not least uh i believe this is it's fair to say this was game of the week mm-hmm. the dallas fuel versus the san francisco shock oh god and man uh, the Dallas Field Twitter, I think, won anyway. I think regardless of everything, <laughs> uh, that they were on fire. Sadly, the rest of the team could not follow through, and the Fuel fall to the shock 3-2. to two. This Fuel team, each week goes by, and they just start looking better and better, which is uh, something that the Fuel have uh, a vision that the Fuel needed to fulfill two years ago. So it's finally it's finally coming true in 2020. They're actually starting to look like a really good team. The Let fact me... that Crimzo was not on an owl team before this is insane. Correct. Correct. I was also just going to say, like, I, I turned off the stream after the Boston-Toronto game because I deserved to have a, a little break as a treat. Mm-hmm. And I opened the Overwatch League app. And I was like, I wonder how quickly this 3-0 was going. And when I tell you I saw the score online was 2-1 to Dallas, I... Didn't know what to do. And <laughs> after I had gone to the mat for the San Francisco Shock on Watch House earlier that day, I was horrified, confused, alone. I didn't know what was happening. And I think the fact that they barely won speaks way more to them than it does to the Fuel. The Fuel have been playing exceptionally well. Joha and Decay are out of their minds. And... The shock need to figure out what is going on. They need to also stop playing musical supports, choose to, and let it happen, and figure it out. It seems like shock likes to do that a lot. The shock are always changing people around. It's like stick with a stick with a pretty, like kind of like how your defiant does. Like how they do switch people in and out, but they they switch them for you know their specialties where it seems like the shock just switch them to switch them <laughs> i honestly think crusty is trying to outcoach himself yeah yeah <laughs> i feel like crusty's just trying to think what can i get away with yeah it's overthinking. all right sinatra architect support line gets super on the dps this seems good <laughs> but no nah, re- re- uh, realistically doha has very much uh, acclimated to owl level uh, his first couple of games, I think he was a little shaky, but the, the past couple, uh, he's really helped out Decay on the DPS. I think the this Dallas Fuel DPS line is what people thought it could be now. Um, I think this ha- has a really high ceiling. And then the uh, the support line's been pretty good. The only problem is I don't really notice a lot from Gamsu and Note, and that's sad to me uh, because as a former Boston tank line, I like to watch them. But uh, I f- just... The DPS lines just really stole the show for Dallas, and I think riding those coattails, they can they can make a run for top ten. I think they can make the playoff run towards the end of the season if we get there. So. Oh yeah. I know better it, and better it, each week. Sometimes you forget that there's a playoffs in all of this. <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn COVID's got us all going crazy. Uh, but that's quite alright. Cause you know we took a took a quick nap. We went to bed, we woke up bright and early for some Chinese Overwatch. Shangdu took on the Guangzhou charge, and just what we all thought, Shangdu 3-0 is the charge. Beat the piss out of the charge. 
and I was so happy. Leave looks so damn good. Leave and uh, Jen New. Ah, uh, uh. I don't know what the hell's with this team. They go and they like they three of the charge, and then next week they'll you know who do they play next week? They play uh, the Spark next week, who haven't been looking good. Like the Spark will three them. Chinese teams are crazy. <laughs> I have no clue how to rank any of those teams except for the Dragons, the Spark, the Charge, and the Hunters. I just stare at them and I'm like, so what do we do now? <laughs> I've had them I... in the same like uh, 10, 11, 12, or yeah. 11, 12, 13 area like this entire season. They're always grouped together because they're always decent, but like... Then they do weird stuff and lose to each other and get 3 would by each other all the time. That's what it is. It's like a one big circle of life. It's a Lion King moment where <laughs> the charge will be the spark and the spark will be to hunt the hunters and the hunters will be the charge and then the charge will be the spark and it just keeps going and going and going. And I'm like, who? What? Yeah. <laughs> What's what going on? What is this in my Overwatch? <laughs> I don't know. So I'm very excited to see NYXL in the mix this upcoming weekend. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, it'll be nice to see them coming up. Yeah, it's really weird too, just because the charge have been playing really good, and uh, to see them get three would by the hunters, um, and the hunters really have been playing the same like kind of off the wall stuff, you know, throughout the beginning of the season. So like a lot of these teams already see the weird stuff that they run, uh, and on top of that, like the weird stuff they've ran has like you know, other teams started playing Farah and Mercy, <laughs> kind of like how they were with um, with Narrow on Mercy and. and or not Mercy, on Farah. It's just, I don't know. It's just really weird to see a 3L. I would have thought it would have been a 3-2 um, and would have been like some crazy hard-fought match, but I don't know. Hunter nope. turned it on. No way, says Chengdu. No. No way. Jinmu is hard-carrying once again. He's back. Yep. But, hey, who knows? Because the next game... Nothing, nothing is uh, set in stone. Yeah. Uh, unless you're, of course, you're playing Shanghai, uh, then you can probably assume you will lose, uh, as the Spark did 3-0 when they played Shanghai. Uh, Shanghai, I said it on the last pod, I definitely think this is easily one of the top teams in the league. They are just solid at every level. And uh, even Fearless got some love. I'm not, I believe, oh, no, it was the next game. Sorry, I cheated. But, uh Every part of the Shanghai team is just looking incredibly strong. Yeah, like the Shanghai team, I'm happy that they found their groove after that slow start. It's like basically Shanghai versus the world over there. Although we have uh, the Dynasty coming into that mix and the NYXL coming into that mix, so now they'll have some uh, they'll have some competition. Yeah, I'm I'm very happy for this Shanghai team. I'm a very big Shanghai Dragons fan. So even if I don't get to watch their games live, because I'm an old lady. I can't wake up that early. I'm still thrilled every morning when I wake up and I check Twitter and I see that they've won. It just feels so good as them being like the last stage winning finalist team and then going on into this and then just absolutely dominating with some new faces and a lineup. It just makes me so happy. And the 3-0 again. I mean, we, we kind of always say 3-0 against pretty much anybody in that, that division right now or over there in that region. But I don't know what's up with the Spark. Especially, like, the next game that Brock's about to go over. is like Again, it's one of those teams that just, like, they just go back and forth. 
Yeah, well, let's let's talk about him uh, at the same time here because the Quantro Charge beat the Haunt of Spark three one. Yeah, and the Spark are kind of they're they're stalling a little bit here. They can't really find their Spark, or they can't really light a fire under themselves because just nothing's really working for them. Godsby has looked great. I mean, he's looked totally okay. The rest of the team, so something's going on. I had, um, of the, the these three, the three expansion Chinese teams from last year, the Spark, the Charge, and the Hunters, on the uh, Gamehouse Power Rankings, I actually have the Spark um, above all of them, I think either at 10th or 11th position. And then I had the Charge, and then I had the Hunters. And after this weekend, it looks more like the Hunters and the Charge than the Spark. But then probably next weekend, it'll be, you know, it'll kind of play some musical chairs again, so... This is so what weird. I mean. You yeah. you can't rank them. I just stare at them and I yeah. go, okay. <laughs> I had this problem last year. I like never knew where to put the spark, the charge of the hunters last year, like the entire year. Well, do what I do. Use a d twenty. <laughs> yeah, just roll for it. That's the only way to do it. Put Philly at one, and then the rest you just make up. <laughs> Ooh, top eight for the charge this week. Sounds good. Good job, charge. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Sounds great. Oh, wow. Boston number two. Yeah, why not? <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, in the last game, uh, you might expect this one. Shangdu versus Shanghai. Shanghai takes this one, three zip with a different lineup, which is very weird. Uh, we saw Luffy in this game. We saw Fearless in this game. Yeah. This is the one I didn't catch, and I probably should have caught because the Shanghai Dragons look great. But um, I would have expected if the Shanghai Dragons three uh, zero the charge, I would have at least expected them to take a game off the Dragons. But nope. that team's just so much better than those three teams; it's crazy. And those three teams really aren't that bad. I don't think you know we were talking a little bit of some smack here with the Charge Hunters and Spark, not knowing where to rank them. But I mean. It seems like the general consensus on the game house is at least these three teams are kind of in the middle of the pack. So it's not, they're not terrible, but they're not Shanghai Dragons quality, though. <laughs> no, it's like the other three Chinese teams are all playing um, checkers, and the Shanghai Dragons are playing like 4D chess. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, this is over, this is done, goodbye. So I would yeah. love to see them play. Like Seoul, I think that's going to be interesting. When we get the chance, I'd love to see the Shanghai Dragons play somebody like Philly or Atlanta. People have been dominating on the other side. Just to see what it's like when they're up against some fierce competition. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. Um, so that was that was last week's games. Um, this week's games, we see the Seoul Dynasty back over. Uh, I'm assuming they're back in Korea. Um, so they will be kind of joined in the mix along with another team that we'll go over here um, in a second. Um, but the first game of Saturday is a brisk 4 a.m. game <laughs> where the Seoul Dynasty will take on the Hangzhou Spark. And I have Seoul Dynasty all over this easy 3-0. Wash their hands. This is going to be done in like an hour and 15 minutes. Yep. <laughs> Analysis done. <laughs> Analysis uh, the done. the big question is is uh, Soul going to do a double uh, their double main tank where Jester and Marvel play? Mm-hmm. We're going to see a little bit more of Michelle. Um, I would like to see Michelle play to see if he can 
like I I would like to see they kind of are able to flop flip flop that tank line kind of like Shanghai, mm-hmm. uh, and still have you know incredible amounts of success. I don't doubt it. I think Profit and Fitz is just an insane DPS line as well. So I I agree. I think Soul just takes this one very handily. Uh, but you never know. Honestly, it's it's a four AM game. Who really knows who's going to take a map and who's not? So. <laughs> You know, Soul. I agree. I think it's just going to be sweep, sweep. Soul Dynasty is on my power rankings, my number one team. Mm. So, um, it's a bold take. I don't, I don't expect anything less from them. <laughs> Watch the Spark beat them. I'll be so mad next week when I'm ranking them. I'll be like, you know what, Spark? <laughs> you know what? None of you guys just, get a power ranking. You just skip all three of them. Only have seventeen power rankings. <laughs> this is what you get. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, So the next game is probably also going to be a 3-0, judging by how these games typically go. Uh, It's the Guangzhou Charge versus the Shanghai Dragons. Uh, I have the Shanghai Dragons winning this one. Probably in a 3-0 fashion, just like everybody else. I agree, hands down. I have no reason to bet against the Dragons. I know I'm not going to bet against them until they give me a reason to. Uh, and including new coach Quartermain, yeah. you may remember that name from the London Spitfire. Yeah, uh, he hopped on. I think this just this past week as a player, a coach. I don't know why they would need to bring in another coach other than just to have more people on hands for this eventual, you know, playoff run team. So, uh, yeah, I, Shanghai easily three zero. I, I don't think the charge uh, may will make enough adjustments in a little bit, a little under a week to turn it around mm-hmm. um and starting um at i can't oh 8 a.m 8 a.m okay um that's six that's six right uh, oh no no eight, you're right yeah. eight no i'm an idiot i'm like 90 years old i need reading glasses no so these computer have... screens man they're getting bigger but the text getting smaller it's not your fault <laughs> get my bifocals on um <laughs> What we're looking at is our notes that have the, um, I took a snipping tool of the um, uh, schedule just so I can see what it is, and uh, the text is very small, and my old eyes are having a problem. Anyway, moving on, (laughs) Um, we finally get to see the NYXL come back uh, to the league, so they weren't playing because of the fact that New York City was pretty much the epicenter in the U.S. of, of coronavirus. Um, so they were taking the precaution and just not gathering at all, um, which was a good call, uh, but they moved their team back over to, uh, Korea because they have an all Korean team and they're playing the Chengdu hunters and I'm going with the bold move and I'm going to explain myself, but I'm picking the Chengdu hunters to beat the NYXL. And the reason that I'm picking the Chengdu hunters to beat the NYXL is for one, the NYXL haven't played for a while. They're really, really, really predictable, and the Chengdu Hunters throw a wrench in everything they can throw a wrench in, and I don't think the NYXL, even with their talented squad, is ready to take on the nuttiness that's the Chengdu Hunters. Okay. As a counterpoint, can I offer you one word? Uh, The word is Hotba. Hotba, yes. Hotba is a big, angry boy, and Hotba is stupid good. Everyone was very, very concerned when Mecco left, and nobody really thought that Hotba would be able to live up to Mecco's legacy. And I think he's done that and more. It's it's bad of me as a Bostonian, but I am an NYXL fan, and I am 
very happy to see them back this weekend. And in a big, bold move, I definitely think they're going to win both games they're playing. I love hockey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go Mallory's side on this one there, Maradon. Yeah. Uh, I went with the hot uh, take. Yeah, no, I, and I love it. I can't put my hands on the keyboard right now because it's too hot. Um, but uh, hot boo aside, the rest of this New York team is not the same New York team. It's not your grandfather's New York team, you know what I mean? Uh, they're, they're, they're not as slow and steady. Uh, you know, Sabio will be probably definitely won't be playing because Tracer is banned this week. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see a lot of Libero and Nene and... I, they are like in case you forgot they are incredibly good uh mono was also a roll star at the tank position so the this team i i don't know it, it's i don't see uh this team kind of losing to chengdu Sh- out of sheer just like you know star power on this new york team and maybe this is just like maybe a boring take but hey you never know jinmu jinmu has some magic in his uh, genji blades so Anything's possible. The NYXL on paper beats the living piss out of the Hunters. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I just went with my gut. I'm like, you know what? The Chengdu Hunters are going to pull out just some r- ridiculous, stupid win um, just because they're unpredictable as hell. <laughs> Stranger things Wrecking have happened. Ball is unbanned. Yeah, yeah. Um, to help induce another heart attack, um, <laughs> the Overwatch League decided to schedule the Fusion against the Atlanta Rain this week. Which will be um, the first game of. There's several games this week that I'm really, really excited to watch, and this is going to be uh, honestly probably the second one because I'm excited to see what the NYXL do. But um, the Atlanta Rain versus the Fusion, another knockout battle. Um, Fusion went up early last. Looked like they were almost possibly going to sweep the Rain, and then they let off the gas. Um, Philly ended up winning that last time. Um, I am going to stick with my boys, and I'm going to say that the Fusion are going to win. Um, I predicted on my preview that it was going to be another 3-2, though. Oh, of course. If it's yeah. Philly, it has to be. Map 5, round 3, yeah. 99 yeah. to 99. And then Carpe just frags out and <laughs> kills the entire team with his bare hands. And then, you know, Poco gets up and he tweets, Haha, GG, easy. <laughs> Oh my God. I can't Facts. with that team. I <laughs> have become like an empathetic Philly fan alongside some of my very good friends. So I, I feel the pain of consistent map fives. And despite Philadelphia's best efforts, they both lost and won the map. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that team is wild. Yeah. They're, they actually legally binded uh, by Comcast to go to five games. So it is what it is. People need content. So <laughs> Philly will give that to them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think Philly's got this one. Yeah. I'd be uh, excited to see if Kodak plays again. That'd be, uh, be interesting if they, they put him in for Dogman. I guess we'll, we'll see. Moyer's banned this week. I think that's who Kodak was mainly playing, though, if I remember correctly. So Dogman, Ana it is. Yeah. Uh, should be a fun game, though, definitely. Um, the next game is the Shock versus the Valiant, which should be uh, a pretty pretty good bout. Um, I personally have the Shock winning this, though. Against my better judgments. <laughs> Listen, 
I've predicted that the shock will win. However, I am a woman of terrible taste who makes bad decisions and doesn't learn. <laughs> so will I be rooting for the Valiant? Yes, I will. I think it, I don't think it'll be a 3-0. Just because of how messy Shock played last week and how well Valiant played last week. I think it can be close, but I think uh, San Francisco wins in the clutch factor category. Uh, wings out for this one, honestly. <gasps> I think the Valiant could probably win this one. And I, I, no no cap, as they say in the biz. Uh, I, I really do like the Valiant team a lot. And I do think that they have what it takes to beat this Shock team, again, as they've shown in the past. The biggest issue will be whether or not the Shock actually play a, a you know, their bona fide championship winning lineup. You know what I mean? Where they're not just playing, you know, they're hopping Architect in for Violet for some reason to play Ana, or uh, they're moving Sinatra back over to the Zarya role. There's benching Choi for no reason. Right? <laughs> it's just there's there's so much with the Shock team that they're just trying to feel out because they know that this kind of beginning of the season's a little whack. So they kind of want to see how their team will perform when put in these odd situations, but they don't need to do that. <laughs> like, I, I don't think this team really needs to worry about, you know, having people fill in for whatever reason. I think ANS is an amazing addition. He has actually proved to be a, an incredible McCree and obviously a really talented widow. The shadow man. Exactly. <laughs> You know, they, I feel like Shock are just completely just, oh, just like outthinking themselves. And uh, if they do that again, I think the Valiant do take this. Yeah, they, they can't play with fire against teams that um, have a lot of skill behind them. Not saying that the, that the, the, the Dallas Fuel don't have a lot of skill behind them. I personally think that the Valiant are better than the Dallas Fuel. Um, so if they go and they, they goof around um like they did against the fuel that it's gonna end up biting them sometime i could definitely see the valiant winning this i wouldn't i wouldn't be that surprised i'd be a little surprised but i wouldn't be that surprised if they won um it's really hard for me to vote against the shock just with the roster that they have it's just like brock said just depends on if they want to play like musical chairs or if they want to play like their their you know, championship team. <laughs> just depends. It depends on the week. Um, starting on Sunday, uh, 4 a.m., the Chengdu Hunters take on the Spark. Um, I picked my second boys again, going with the Chengdu Hunters here. Spark, uh, the Spark got to prove to me that they're uh, out of their uh, little um, hole that they dug themselves. Who knows? Who knows if they can, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. uh, they are not set on an off-tank. Uh, this this past weekend, they swapped in Rhea and Sashin a couple times now, yeah. which is also weird, considering Sashin is kind of like a hotbutt player where he's able to play DPS, so he's labeled as a DPS, but then actually plays a lot of off-tank at the same time, plays a lot of, um, you know, the, the Sigma more than, you know, more than Rhea does, and Rhea plays more of the D.Va than Sashin does, but yet they still have them both playing it, and then, I, I don't know. The, the the Spark are, again, just kind of, I, I feel like they're working through some stuff. They're very slow starters, and we saw this last season, too, where they took a little bit before they ended up getting to, like, 
that top eight level that they suddenly were before anyone really realized what, what was happening. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know. I, I think just right now, Chengdu's in a better spot than the Spark. This will probably just mean Chengdu loses 3-0 as we're not <laughs> talking about this. But yeah. I'm going to agree with you here. I think Chengdu actually does take this one. You both talked me into it. Looking at my predictions, I had predicted <laughs> the Spark. And very quickly I realized, why did I do that? So... <laughs> I agree, and I've always agreed, and there's no proof otherwise. Cheers to that. Let's go Hunters. <laughs> um, the next game is, like, this is going to be this is gonna be great. Uh, the Shanghai Dragons versus the Seoul Dynasty. Um, I picked the Seoul Dynasty on this one. Um, I legitimately think this is going to be 3-2. Um, this is going to be a close game, and it could go either way. These teams are both ridiculous. So if the playoffs are going to work kind of like traditional sports do, mm-hmm. and my gut reaction says it, this will be, where the winner of the Atlantic will face the winner of the Pacific, mm-hmm. I'm so sad that this is going to be a play like a semifinal game and not the finals itself, <laughs> because these two teams are at the moment very very good and they're looking very very strong. So uh, I do think. No, I take it back. I think Shanghai takes this one. I think Shanghai is going to bring this one 3-2. Yeah. I agree. I think it's Shanghai's game. I hope so. Mm-hmm. It's it's another thing where we just haven't seen the dynasty in a little bit, so it's hard to gauge how well they're going to play into what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just got to have faith. I have to have faith in the Dragons. I'm really happy this game's happening, too, because I have been oddly reluctant to put them in my top five, the Dragons, um, because they look really good, um, but they keep 3-0 in these goofball Chinese teams that don't know what what the hell's going on. So this is, like, their first, in my opinion, their first real test here. Um, so this right here is something that will allow the Overwatch League fans to see, you know, if the Shanghai Dragons are, you know, a real deal top five team. Um, and I'm really excited to see that. Me too, honestly. Yeah. It's just kind of like when Philly played NYXL, I'm like, well, here's Philly's first chance to prove to me that they're this this great team. And then they beat the piss out of the NYXL. I'm like, okay, yeah, they're pretty good. Like. Oh. <laughs> It's like you get that you have to get like that benchmark game and then it's just like okay now the shanghai dragons are like i mean i think i have them at six or seven so they're like right on the cusp of five it's not like i have them at like 15 um but um i kind of wanted to see how they did versus you know a really strong team before i put them like in top five and uh this will be the weekend i get to see that Um, and the last game on Sunday, 8 a.m., is the NYXL taking on the charge. Uh, I see NYXL, NYXL here all the way. Mm-hmm. I agree 100%. Yes, same re- See the Shengdu reasoning for why I think New York is going to take this one. Mm-hmm. That team's just disgusting on paper. And we talk about Sabiolbi and, and Hatha and all that, and uh, let's not forget that Mr. Jonax in the back, hurling some balls. My man. Um, so starting the uh, the NA games at 4 p.m. is the Florida Mayhem versus your boys, the Boston Uprising. 
Oh golly. Oh no we flirt of mayhem within this one. Sorry. I gotta uh, go with them makes... after that that performance <laughs> against freaking Paris. Some I I don't know how I could pick Boston here. Yeah, it's games like this where it's kind of like it really tests your uh, your analytical bias. Yeah. <laughs> whether I want to say you know Jerry has more pop off potential than BQB or something like that, or oh I like I like Fusions getting back on the Reinhardt. The problem is. Florida looked very good, and Florida is most likely going to play the correct meta, which would be Ryan Diva, May McCree. And Yaki, if, in case you weren't wondering, is very good at May. <laughs> BQB is also very talented at McCree. So, unfortunately for Boston, they're facing off against uh, Florida's probably their best two DPS characters. So, uh, my heart breaks, but I will also probably see Florida winning this one. Me too. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just want a chance oh, for Boston to do really well. And I think we'll probably have more moments of Jerry being able to pop off since he can play McCree again. But I second your sentiments from earlier where it's clear that May is not Color Hex's comfort zone. He'd much rather be playing something else. But you can't play a lot of things into a May. Except May. So I think it will probably be a quick 3-0, and it'll hurt, but we'll be, like, ripping off a Band-Aid. <laughs> exactly. You know, you know what's coming. You're looking at it like, oh, I got I to gotta pull this thing off eventually. <sighs> Man, it's just, I talked about, talked about my preview, which will come out Friday, but the, the rookies on this Boston team, they are slowly getting there. It's just, it, it's still, they're still not quite up to speed yet. And it's something that a lot of rookies have had an issue in the past, not just specifically with Boston. Um, I, funny enough, I think Gangnam Jin's kind of in that same boat where he is a very talented flex support. He just hasn't really opened up yet. He hasn't really shown his, his real potential. I think this past Paris game showed that, that he actually is quite good. But he's still splitting time with Byram a little bit which I don't like from a Florida standpoint. I think you just let him keep playing, work out the kinks, and try to and finally get kind of his feet under him. But this Boston team doesn't have any subs anymore. They are literally down to six players uh, as of the recording. I know last week we said they're probably going to sign somebody. <laughs> that didn't happen. <laughs> F you guys. We're going rogue. So I, I guess the, the team minimum is just no more amongst the COVID situation. So... Hey, I, I just hope Boston ends up just... They need to play not May. Or if they do play May, just... I don't even know. Like, I, maybe have someone else on it of the six players. Maybe go Halo May. I don't know. Just... <laughs> color, color, color Hex May is just, unfortunately, not in his repertoire. Uh, and if you do follow him on Twitter, he, was very, he very much showed his displeasure of playing May uh, in a very angry tweet. So... Uh, hopefully, uh, Mineral kind of sees that and he goes, you know what? Forget it. We're going the Houston route. We're playing Doomfist Sombra or something dumb like that. We're Fire doing Mercy. Whatever. We're playing. <laughs> we're playing. We're gonna play Fire Mercy into McCree and Diva. <laughs> doing it. <laughs> What's the worst that can happen? <laughs> Quick flashback to that Atlanta game. Yeah. All right. Anyway, we can move on. I'll stop ranting. <laughs> I was gonna bring up. You were saying. Uh, 
uh, after after last week's thing that that even though you guys lost, um, um, even though you guys lost, it it feels good to see the improvement. Uh, this might have been actually two weeks ago um, that you were saying that you yeah you lost, but you're actually seeing a Boston Uprising team that's you know producing something out there on the field. Now, are they a winning team? No, they're not doing that great, but at least they're showing their potential. Their potential. So hey, you never know. Like, I feel like this is a lock for the Florida Mayhem, but this would be a good test for the Uprising to see kind of where they stand with that improvement. Should be interesting. Here's the hoping. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and the uh, last game is the battle for Texas, uh, which I feel should be a pretty good game because the Dallas Fuel and the Houston Outlaws have both been performing well. Um, I picked the Dallas Fuel to win this one against the Houston Outlaws, though. That's a weird sentence. Houston yeah. and Dallas have been performing well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We haven't heard, we have we literally haven't heard that one since season, season one. one. So, <laughs> and that was probably yeah. more Houston Outlaws are performing well because the Dallas Fuel sucked that year too. This this is known. <laughs> yeah, I I do like the fuel over the Houston here. I don't know what support line Houston is going to go with. I definitely don't know what DPS line they're going to go with. Um, I can guarantee McCree will not be played by Blase. So everyone, thank goodness we're we're free. But last time we saw this, I'm pretty sure they did play uh, Sombra Doomfist. Uh, all jokes aside, so maybe they bust that one out again. Yeah, I mean, without Tracer, Dante can't do the Dante things he's been doing to drag Houston kicking and screaming into a win. Um, so it's a little up in the air. I picked Dallas to win over Houston. I think Dallas is the DPS line and just are more favorable over the Outlaws. And I also think Gamsu is a much better main tank than Muma. And... That's that. I think I think it's gonna be a little close to the to the you know, to the end of it, but I think Dallas just have a better potential to successfully close this out in what's sure to be a map nine series. <laughs> oh yes, please. Old map nine series. Uh, and that's gonna that's gonna round out uh, this coming week's games. They're looking uh, pretty good. They get some good matchups in there, so I'm uh... Excited for um, some 8 a.m. games. I might actually be up for this, so that'll be cool. Uh... Honestly, my dog's been waking me up at 4 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> like, religiously the past couple weeks, yeah. so I'll be up to watch uh, some of these Chinese games. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll get to see the NYXL make their return uh, along with the Soul Dynasty. So that will be uh, that will be definitely refreshing to see some uh, familiar faces back on the stage that we haven't seen in a while. Oh yes, but anyway, we are we're rapidly approaching an hour, so we'll try to get through these overthoughts a little quicker, since there's still so much more to talk about. But, Chunky overthoughts. Uh, it it has been a it has been a, a busy week of Overwatch and Overwatch League affiliated things. So first up, uh, the announcement today. So spoiler, we're recording on the Wednesday. Uh, the experimental card has been revealed by Jeff Kaplan. Uh, the much-anticipated crowd-control, quote-unquote, nerfing experimental card is here. And I am whelmed. I, mm-hmm. I don't feel one way or the other. I think I do agree CC should be tuned a little bit back, but I don't see the, the huge change between May's freeze duration going from 1.5 to 1.3. Yeah. 
What's this feels more skill? I think like, the, you... the the good thing is probably just the Roadhog buff because it does feel a little powerless. Uh, even though they did just recently buff him, I think that's a cool thing to play with. Otherwise, I don't really see much of a difference, and I don't think Ana was necessary to include in that. I I will say in regards to Ana. I think it's weird that they're nerfing it, but also kind of makes sense because I know um, there had been some rumblings of like people not very much enjoying sleeping for six seconds. Is that is it eight seconds? Six, six. seconds. Which I understand, but also when your CC can be interrupted by you know your friendly team, I feel like five seconds is or sorry six seconds is definitely a reasonable amount of time it's a lot the reward is there for especially for such a honestly it's a harder skill shot to hit than brig stun oh, yeah. or you know may freeze <laughs> so, i'm just gonna say that it's a it's a total skill shot i've yeah. been playing on it for so long i mean i suck at overwatch but like i i suck at hitting sleep darts sleep darts are hard to hit so to hit a sleep dart to begin with is a lot tougher than like you were saying Briggs Bash where hitbox is gigantic and you just right click in a general direction and stun somebody. Or you come out of stealth like Sombra and just right click for, you know, a half second. Like this you actually have to like aim lead the shot. It's definitely a lot more difficult. Yeah, but Sombra was untouched. Sombra, Doomfist, yeah. Wrecking Ball were untouched in these changes. So they're quote unquote um, soft CC was relatively unharmed, uh, with the exception, I mean, Wrecking Balls pulverizes absolutely a, uh, a hard CC, but uh, that really can't be changed since that's his whole character, and without it, he kind of can't play a game of Overwatch, so mm-hmm. that is understandably not touched. Uh, Reinhardt got a little bit of a change. Uh, his Shatter is a little quicker, so you got to be careful with those hammer-fire-strike combos. People are going to start standing up a little quicker. But overall, I'm sure... These are safer changes, and I think Jeff Kaplan mentioned that in his write-up, where they are looking towards uh, Overwatch 2 to kind of revamp crowd control as a whole. So this uh, card is looking to just change it a little bit to keep the feel of Overwatch the same, while hopefully helping some quality of life uh, you know, uh, changes go through. I love the experimental card. I think that was such a great idea. Um, for a few reasons, I knew people that actually just didn't download the ptr because it just didn't feel like downloading another like claw or another like per- portion of the game um it also allows the console players to kind of get their voice even though it's mainly geared around pc players but it also gives them the opportunity to see what's possibly coming down the pipeline and and to get data from that end too i don't know i really i really like it i really like like when they were talking about the 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 one the uh, three two one comp, like the one thing I was saying is just give it to the people. Let us try it. It sounds bold. It sounds like it's a it's a mess, but just let us try it. And when they did that in the experimental thing, I thought that was so cool. I hated it, but but to be able to play it, um, in a setting that you know, there's a gigantic bucket of players that also want to play it instead of sitting in the ptr forever it's nice to kind of have that experimental card live in the live game to try out some I don't know, things that they're looking to try out i think the cc thing's pretty cool i'll give that a shot absolutely uh i would i would recommend going to check that out just to see how it feels you know 
I'll know with at least for Overwatch, the game is uh, a game of seconds, and when the changes go from one and a half to one point three, they don't feel or rather they don't seem that big at a glance. You know, just literally reading, you never really know until you actually play it, and and there's no better proof than the Doomfist players who uh, had Master the Hero and then. They changed the delay from one ability to the next by I think like a quarter of a second, maybe not, not maybe not even that the much. The punch went from one second to one point four, I think. Something like that, and then everyone, uh, Doomfist mains especially, were saying that he, he can't combo now. He, he feels clunky, and you know that's not the other thing. It's not the same. It's not going to play the same. So, you know, we we joke a little bit how they don't seem like big changes, but I'm sure mid match you'll realize that halfway through that your shatters aren't really getting as much value as you want anyway that was good that was really exciting uh this past weekend we talked about a little bit earlier or just mentioned it briefly and i'll talk about a little bit more now is the echo tournament that blizzard held that had a couple weird rules in it but ended up being kind of a fun time if you watched Um, a lot of different players played and Honestly, this random team came up and got to the finals. Yeah, you know, uh, Nindroid, who we've had on the show and it's that we've known for a while, actually played that team. <laughs> it was uh, Team Scion. That's correct. Yeah, and uh, they went up against uh, a <laughs> powerhouse team with what? Harblue, Dante. Um, who else was on that team? Fran. So the, Fran, yeah, yeah Fran. Fran was on there. Yes, yeah, so the the team was Jake, Dante, Harblue, Clone Man, Red Shell, Fran, Kariv. Yeah. What? <laughs> what a nutty so, roster. So that's why I thought this the ruling was a little weird because it said you can't have a team that recently played in, or it was no more than two that played in Contenders or Open Trials. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they mentioned Owl. I think they did. You can't have two or more they, Overwatch they, they did. teams. Or players oh, okay. or contenders players. Okay, mm-hmm. that's fine. Still, f- feels kind of weird playing against Dante and Kareev, <laughs> and it's just you and your best buds playing. You're like, you got your 4,200 team that you've been five, six stacking for a little bit now. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, let's play in this Echo Tournament. It'd be pretty fun. Yeah. There's some and then you end up players. just like, <laughs> like, oh, hello. Hello there. I didn't catch much of this. I catched. I, I, I caught a little bit. I had a busy weekend, and the Echo Tournament was... Honestly, like, I did want to catch a little bit of it to see what it was about. Just And I did, but I probably caught about a half hour of it, and I was like, eh, all right, I got my fix. Yeah. It was I a cool only, little thing to do. But. I only caught the uh, tail end of it, and that's because I saw all of the nonsense that was being thrown Fran's way. So I'm just happy that... That team won, that she won, and that she is um, avidly sticking up for herself. I absolutely agree. Yeah. Brain's awesome. I believe she was going to play for Revival for a little bit, and I think that mm-hmm. she dropped. She, she played She played for, I think, about uh, a week, or maybe she played, I think, one match. Oh. It was her and Aspen on support, which would have been mm-hmm. awesome. I know that she's a streamer. I know that she did she did some content stuff for uh, the rain, I believe, right? Yeah, she's still with them. Okay, she's still she with still them. Does. Okay, okay. Yeah, she's a pretty big, uh, pretty big voice in the community. So oh, I forgot that. what I was going to say about this tournament. Now, no, it's gone. Um, yeah, no, uh, it was really exciting to see what people can do with uh, Echo, uh, especially guys like Rascal who are on that weird God Squad team. <laughs> 
that 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 was their name, not not what I'm calling them. <laughs> <laughs> Which was it was like Super Rascal XQC Avast. Uh, they ended up losing very early in the game. Oh, I was gonna ask. Uh, you didn't see uh, your boy Custa Mallory play a little bit? No, I listen. I think they had a plat chat team, right? Yeah, they did with him, Gosh. and I think he was with Reinforce. I saw the clip of um. Uh, I think it was Custa and Reinforce hitting the double shatter with the clone uh, Reinhardt Echo and then Reinforce, obviously, on Reinhardt. But um, after watching Custa try to play Valorant, I had to just take a step back. (laughs) (laughs) Are you saying the Lucio aim did not translate well into a a tactical FPS What I'm saying is that Custa is a mercy main, and that's that. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so he's Instalock and Sage. <laughs> uh, the, the last bit of notes I had, and we talked about this a little bit before the pod, uh, so we're probably not going to get dip into to it, too much into it. Uh, the random uh, Vancouver Titans drama um, that, to my knowledge, no one knows what's going on other than people inside the org, which, honestly, for Al, that's actually pretty... Interesting. I feel like typically at this point we probably would have heard something leak or something would have been kind of slipping through the cracks, uh, whether it be uh, a coach talking to some uh, journalist person or just someone randomly tweeting out nonsense. But um, we're kind of all playing a little bit of Twitter detective here as the players just remove Vancouver Titan from their profiles. Mm-hmm. Usually the news like spreads like wildfire, especially like with the Muthan stuff. It's just like one thing happens and then everything explodes. And the drama across the league just happens like that. So you think that there would be a solid source of what's going on, but really it's all just a bunch of rumors right now with what's going on over there. Yeah, I'm just going to repeat what I said beforehand, and it just looks like the players are staying the COVID-19 enforced six feet away from the organization. And (laughs) we don't know why they're not playing. Nobody's saying anything. Everything's just happened quietly. It kind of feels like that moment before the storm, the calm before the storm. And then we're all going to wake up one day and it's going to be like, boom, all over Twitter. And Fisher leaves. (laughs) Exactly. That's how it happens with the Overwatch League. We can't have a normal day in esports. It always has to be dramatic and long and drawn out. And, you know. And. And then we have to write something about it, and then exactly. it's just like, oh my goodness, then now it's a race. Yeah. Uh, but it, and it's never on a reasonable time, too. It's either 4 a.m. or 4 p.m., and you're like, oh, I'm still in the workday. Why did you announce this right yeah. now? Oh, no. Oh, no. But as uh, one legendary tweet said, everything happens so everything much. Everything happens <laughs> so much. Oh, my God. Uh, anyway, you guys got anything else to add to the overthought section here? I do not. I didn't have anything, and then I was just like, "You guys have anything for uh, overthoughts?" And then just got thick with two C's. And I was just like, oh, "Shit, don't worry." Your boy's been living on Twitter. Well, if that's it, without further ado, team, that's gonna be it for our pod tonight. Mallory, now's your time to plug your socials. Where can our listeners find you and your content? Yeah. So uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, MackleMalloryOW. That's M-A-C-K-L-E-M-A-L-L-O-R-Y and then O-W like Overwatch. Um, All my other stuff is linked on my Twitter. So like all my writing with the game house and all my uh, graphic design stuff and whatnot. And I'm mostly just on Twitter. So 
you can find me there and you can watch me uh, in real time cry about the games that I watch because I do a lot of live tweeting and none of it is stable or calm. <laughs> and then you do a little bit of Watch House, right? I, I, I do! I watch house yes! So, I, okay. oh my gosh, I can't believe Watch House happened today. I got Thank you. Thank you. Yes, so uh, there's a couple of us from the Game House. We do a show uh, every Wednesday or Thursday uh, called Watch House where we review the games of last week, uh, go into the games coming up for the weekend, talk about news and stuff. Uh, it's me, a couple of the good homies from the Game House. Um, you can find that, I think it's just at Watch House on Twitter. There might be an underscore, and then we uh, stream live from the Game House Twitch account. So that's just Twitch TV backslash the Game House. And we'll we'll grab those links and put those in the description of, of this podcast as well. So you guys can definitely... Um... Uh, find the uh, find the right ways to get to, uh, to that awesome content. Meridon, your turn, buddy. Yeah, right up here. You can uh, you can find me at Meridon Gaming on Twitter, um, and writing for the Fusion over at the Game House. Um, that's honestly on it right now. Took a backseat from streaming, so I'm not doing that right now. That's all right. Yeah. You know, the life life is weird. And suddenly, when you're stuck inside all day, you're like, wow, the last thing I want to do <laughs> is actually just stream right now. So I'm sorry, everybody. You know what they say when life gives you lemons, you make beef stew. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, goodness. It's my show. It's, not <laughs> it's my show. It. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I, yeah, I, that's fine. I, I just realized, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Anyway, Andy Milanakis aside. <laughs> Uh, you can f- you can find myself on Twitter at esportsbrock uh, for l- all the fun uprising nonsense that goes on there. Uh, like my fellow co-host today, I'm over at the Game House talk about Boston Uprising and a little bit of Valorant. Almost said it the wrong way, Valorant. Like our fearless um, leader. Our fearless leader, <laughs> Valorant. Uh, you can find this this old podcast on your favorite platform and uh, the Geekscape Network. Um, I, I believe we got this past one. Up? Yeah, we got episode sixty three. Okay. I was having some problems for some reason with our with our Pinecast link, so we use Pinecast to host. Um, for some reason, I couldn't get the audio snippet to show up on Geekscape because it was tripping balls, yeah. or I was tripping balls, or we were both tripping balls. Somebody was tripping balls, but. We're back in action on there, so yes, you can find us on Geekscape down there. Find your latest, newest uh, nerdy podcast on Geekscape.net. We do have a Twitch channel. I know we were just memeing about how we don't really stream that much anymore. We do have uh, an over-nerds Twitch channel. Uh, We'll throw that down in the description as well. That'll be down there. I don't don't think we have Mixer, right? No, we don't have a mixer. No, no that's just that's just your person. Yeah, yeah that's, that's just, just my Meridon. personal Mer- Meridon mixer dot com slash Meridon. Whenever the hell I get around to streaming yeah, again, sh- just shoot a follow or whatever that one is. <laughs> whatever they call it on that one, shoot that one a, a link. <laughs> just yeah, no, I just bookmark it. Honestly, yeah. I don't know. People still do that. I forgot. Can Put I? On can I plug one more thing? I I forgot. You may. Thank you so much. Please. All right. 
So real quick, I'm just going to recap. Last year, um, myself and a couple of my female co-workers from the Game House started this podcast. We call it House Queens, where we invite other women and um, LGBT people in the community to come on and talk with us and discuss important topics in the Overwatch community. And since COVID is still taking over the world, um, there's a lot of events that have been canceled. Most notably, there have been several pride events in the country that have already been canceled and so um house queens has decided to reunite and get back together and we will be doing some pride stuff starting next month um so you can follow the house queens twitter it's just at house queens h-a-u-s like the game house and follow my twitter as i stated before and as well to keep up on the updates because we're looking to do some cool charity streams uh during the month of june sweet yes You'll make sure to throw all those links in the description to definitely find that. So go do that. Definitely uh, follow those social medias. We have one last very special thank you for our good friend Max Brown for our wonderful intro. Find him on SoundCloud. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, his his SoundCloud link. Beautiful man. It'll be be somewhere, somewhere down there. Um, it is uh, in the description. And that will be it for the Overnerds uh, this time around. Uh, Mallory, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for taking time and hanging out with us. Yeah, no problem. Happy to be here. And I'm glad to have all you listeners here. And have a wonderful weekend of Overwatch. Stay safe, wash your hands, stay inside. And good luck grinding back up on your competitive ranks. Now Reinhardt's back, baby. Let's get this bread. See ya. All right. Bye.